This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Pony Stampede Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Billy Embody. appreciate you guys coming in to talk a little bit about SMU earning a bowl bid to the Boca Raton Bowl against FAU December 21st, 3.30 Eastern Time on ABC. So a nationally televised matchup for SMU. They get the Conference USA champs and a game that could very well feature a lot of points as Florida Atlantic has one of the best offenses in the country. SMU has one of the best offenses in the country. But this one does have a little bit of a twist to it. FAU head coach Lane Kiffin is headed to the SEC to take over the Ole Miss program and and will not coach in the bowl game uh, for the Owls. But look, this is a, kind of a familiar face for SMU fans if you follow recruiting, especially uh, back in the Chad Morris uh, days. Chris Robeson is going to be taking is is the quarterback over at FAU. He's the championship game MVP and and really just one of the best uh, quarterbacks in that conference and has thrown for almost 3,400 yards, 26 touchdowns, and his big tight end, Harrison Bryant, a finalist for the John Mackey Award for the nation's top tight end, is uh, is a 1,000-yard receiver, and so that's going to create some matchup issues. And uh, look, SMU will have their hands full. I mean, there's no, there's no doubt about that. Um, and they have, a, they have a stable of running backs as well that can carry the football and, and, and create some issues. And then Achilles uh, Leroy uh, is another uh, def- defender to watch on the other side of the ball. 100 tackles, 15 and a half tackles for loss, seven, seven and a half sacks on the year. So really, uh, when Sonny Dykes was talking with the media on Sunday about this game, a really fast team overall, a lot of team speed, and um, a, a, a team that can really put a lot of pressure on SMU, uh, especially offensively to score a lot of points defensively SMU will have to really come together and be ready to go this is a FAU team that won 49 to 6 in their conference title game so a really impressive performance for them in that setting which I mean look you get to a conference conference title game and you don't necessarily think that you're just going to roll over your opponent especially a well-coached UAB team Bill Clark one of the best coaches in the country able to revitalize that program and get it back going in the right direction so I'm very intrigued by this bowl matchup I think it's I really think it's a good matchup look guys it's I know there was a lot of complaining people a lot of wanted a power five opponent but this is this is a a a conference champion uh, in in FAU and one with a lot of name recognition because of Lane Kiffin and granted he won't be uh, coaching in the bowl game but it's it's a uh Trust me, it's a game that is going to get a lot of attention. It's on ABC, so ESPN will talk about it a lot. It's nationally televised. I think that's the big thing, is that when people are sitting around and if you're at home or getting ready for Christmas or whatever, 
I mean, 3.30, 2.30 Central Time in, in the afternoon on Saturday, that game's going to be on ABC. And it's going to be two exciting teams to watch, a lot of talent on the field, and it should be fun. And to go to Boca Raton for, for these players, look, I, re- I remember when I was in, in the Armed Forces Bowl with SMU when we lost to Army, and stay, whether it was staying close to home and, and playing, we actually stayed in Fort Worth, practiced, I think, in Garland, and then played the game in 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 Ford Stadium. That that's not fun. And and look, the Frisco Bowl was never an option. That that, that was made very clear to to everyone at SMU that it wasn't an option. I know people were freaking out all the way up until the announcement, but that's how it was. It wasn't an option. The Birmingham Bowl was probably the one that I heard the most buzz about, and that would have been fun. But it also would have been Birmingham in January. Certainly a a power five opponent, but a middling one. I, I just don't. I think to to get this team motivated, ready to go, try and get eleven wins, sending them down to Florida, giving them a conference champion is something that should be fun for them and and should be motivating for them and trying to trying to finish this thing out right. So overall, I'm I'm fairly happy with the bowl game. I think when and I said this on the board when it comes down to it. These games just flat out don't matter. You know, unless you're in a New Year's Six Bowl, nobody cares. And it's true. No one will care. It will not affect recruiting if SMU loses. It will it just nobody will care. And, it, I mean, if they were to lose, if anything, they could say, look, let's say they lose in a shootout. Look, we were a few players away from 11 wins. Come help us. Come help us. And that's the, that's the pitch. But look, you're going into this one looking to win first uh, 11 win team since the 1980s. One of the three all time, I believe, is what is what Sonny said on his radio show Monday night. So you've got to be ready to go. You're sent, trying to send out your seniors with with the with the final win. Guys like James Prochet, Xavier Jones, Cayman Freeman, Pat Nelson, Rodney Clemens, Demerick Gary. All those guys are ones that that people are just going to be, you know, trying to to send out the right way. And, and James said it on Sunday when he met with the media. None of this really matters if if we go out and lose because people will just kind of remember that bad taste in your mouth and, and it's just not, it's just not, it's just not going to be fun. So I, I feel like, I feel like the team's going to be ready to go. I like their mindset. I like the, the aspect of FAU being a home team in this one. I think maybe it, it kind of might juice up SMU a little bit more trying to beat them, you know, in a true road game at FAU Stadium. So we'll kind of, you know, be be watching, of course, their preparation and, and following all of that. But uh, I do want to uh, end this part of the podcast on, a, a I guess, a somber note. We're going to flip over to the, to the real negative side of things and, and go uh, talk a little bit about the basketball team. I against Georgetown because we haven't addressed that. And then uh, we'll take a break and talk a little recruiting. But overall, the basketball team, that was uh, was as bad as it gets. That's a Georgetown team that had, what, seven, eight scholarship guys, been through turmoil all week. Sure, they beat Oklahoma State, a top 25 team, earlier in the week. But when you're SMU at Moody – you lose by 17, and it wasn't, didn't even get closer than that. 
you're not competitive from the beginning. 23 to tw- 23 to 2. Boy, I can't. That was tough. Uh, after just six minutes, that's it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. Kendrick Davis, Tyson Jolly, guys like that, they haven't an off, had an off night, I would say. But you, as leaders of that team, because I do think those are your leaders right there. I don't think Ethan Shagwa is a leader. Isaiah Mike's kind of reserved. Veron Hunt's still pretty young. Those two are your leaders. That's not acceptable. And to, to do it, at, again, at home is the biggest thing. And, and to just come out and be non-competitive. Take bad shots. But here's the thing. This team is, is probably exactly what we thought they were going to be. Middling around in the AAC. Kind of average. Don't, doesn't have an offensive attack that is creative. They take poor shots. It, it's just, it's not... We, we're seeing a game that certainly we saw last year from a team with a full complement of players. And I don't know if it gets better. Because, yes, you can add Isaiah J.C. You can add in Darius McNeil if his appeal gets approved. He had his waiver denied initially. But will it really matter? Will it really change things for Isaiah Jassy to come in because that's not going to trade uh, change the offensive creativity it's not he might be able to grab a few more rebounds but we also don't know what he's going to bring to the table so overall I don't think anyone really saw that game coming I mean gosh hot cold take or uh, hot take it whatever exposed I, I said on the podcast late last week that that game lost some of its luster for SMU's out-of-conference schedule because of the suspensions and that it's probably not going to end up being a good win anymore or good win anymore. I thought SMU would win. You know me and how I feel about the direction of the program. But for them to come out and and just lay an egg, it, it's that was unacceptable. I'm very interested to see how they rebound against Georgia but that is a terrible loss. And, and now you, you look at the rest of the, the slate and you say, okay, well, Georgia's going to run him out of the gym. Let's be real. I don't think there's anybody on SMU's team that can stop Anthony Edwards. And Georgia is decent enough. They're not a good team, but they're decent enough to, to beat SMU at home. And probably be, if, if that's the type of effort they're going to get and they're going to be breaking in a new player in Isaiah Jassy, they'll probably get the – News on Darius McNeil's appeal as well, so potentially two players. Could be rough in Athens. They've got a lot of time to figure it out before December 20th, so we'll be we'll be monitoring that for sure and seeing how they rebound. But on the other side of this break, we're going to talk about recruiting, going to kind of preview the next week for you guys, and we'll get to all that on the other side of this break from the Pony Stampede podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to the Pony Stampede Podcast. Thanks for listening. Quick reminder, guys, before we talk about recruiting, a lot of the content we put out is VIP on recruiting. A lot of the, a lot of the information on where the coaches are going, how in-home visits went, where Sonny Dykes is headed, all those things, you're not going to want to miss out. So pick up a Pony Stampede subscription for just a buck for that first month. So if you want to try us out, sign up for that buck and you can get carried all the way through the bowl game, all the way through the early signing period, all those things. So try us out for just a buck. Won't take much. And I think you guys will really enjoy it. We've had a ton of signups through the promos that have run through the the first, you know, the last week of, of November and the first week of December. It's been awesome. So we really appreciate all of you guys that have signed up. A lot of you guys that listen to the pod have signed up. So we appreciate you guys. Look, recruiting in full swing. This is, this is a big week for SMU. This is that final week of in-home visits, of coaches on the road, of all those things before the dead period kicks in. And guys, I, I actually posted uh, a lot of uh, the, the early signing period dates to know uh, on Pony Stampede so that you guys have them and, and certainly can take a look at those as, as we come down the stretch monitoring this one because it, it's, it's kind of a whirlwind. And, and I looked up and I just said, oh my gosh. We're, you know, t- tomorrow, December 11th, a week away from the early signing period, which runs from December 18th to December 20th. The quiet period starts on, on Monday or on Sunday. So it, it's kind of, uh, it's, it's kind of crazy. It, it really is how, how crunched this is all going to be. And for SMU, look, Sonny Dykes, and we'll be covering this on Pony Stampede. So again, get your VIP subscription. But he's going to be going in home with probably about seven of their key prospects all this week and all crunched between Tuesday and Friday because they've got official visitors coming in. So we'll, again, have you covered on that on Pony Stampede. But they've got to see and go in home with these these final players and, and get them you know, all set and either ready to sign you know, holding that last in-home visit for some of their key commits. I'll give you one. I mean, they're going to Aaron Smith on Tuesday night. A.J. Ricker and, and Sonny Dykes, Rhett Lashley, all going to, to go try to make sure that everything's all set for a week from now for SMU's highest-rated commit to sign with the Mustangs. A lot of Power 5 schools are coming in late. He keeps things relatively close to the best. Schools like Virginia Tech. Arkansas with Sam Pittman's now kind of circling, keeping an eye on him. Will they offer late? That is something to watch. They need Aaron Smith to sign, so they're going to try to make that big push and get him locked down and, and, and get it going uh, with Aaron Smith. But, but right now, look, I, I think SMU's in really good shape to, to sign the, the entire signing class they've got committed, and that's great. And so when you look at SMU in this 2020 class, you look up at the, 
at the decommitment list on PonyStampede.com, and there's none. So they targeted the guys they wanted. There were some guys that were getting close to committing that they said, you know what, we're good, we're fine. And they turned away over the course of this process. And so I I think it's pretty, pretty impressive for SMU to be in this position where all the guys that they have are all the guys that they're going to sign. And I think that's a big credit to the staff and, and what they've been able to do. And, you know, there are a lot of guys in this class that had power five offers. There's a good number of them and, and they got them on board early and got them committed. And so big credit to the staff for the, just the way they've been able to, to really come together and, and, and put this one together. And, and it's a good class. And I know, I know it won't rank highly, but gosh, they're sitting there with 11 commitments guys. And, uh, so it's really, really nice to see these guys stick to their word. And, and it appears like, like I said, it feel, feels like everyone's going to sign at this point. And we'll kind of be monitoring that. But here's some of the, thing, the things to watch down the stretch. Devere Levelston, probably the number one, I guess, trending topic right now as far as recruits go. He's fresh off a visit to Illinois. He, he's, he's somebody that SMU is going to spend a lot of time with this week. Uh, they're, they're expected to to see him, to host him on an unofficial visit, do all those things. And, and it looks like, you know, will he end up take, taking his official visit? That's kind of the thing. And, and he's kind of gone quiet. He's, he's gone quiet on, 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 the, on the Illinois side. He's gone quiet on me. And he's, he's, you could tell he's closing in on making his decision. And will it be SMU? I feel like it is, but but you just never know, and it, it's going to be something to to really watch because he is he's a real good player. He's somebody that can come in and impact things right away. So if you're SMU, you really really need to get him on board, uh, just from a need perspective. I mean, he, he's really 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 key to get a, a defensive tackle and 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 somebody that's as versatile as as. Um, as Devere Levelston has played defensive end in, in, at Tyler and, and can certainly play defensive tackle as well and, and will play defensive tackle. So I, 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 think, I think things are still in a good spot for him. I think we'll know more probably in the next 24 to 48 hours, kind of where they stand with him. Just like we'll, we'll, we'll find out really where they stand with, with, with somebody like um, Aaron Smith. Is he going to sign early? Are things done? That's kind of the, the thing to watch there. So we'll we'll keep an eye on things, but look, I I think uh, you know it, it's there's a lot of uncertainty. You know, look, Kari Coleman picked up a TCU offer over the weekend. They've been circling for a while. They've been trying to get him on campus for an official visit, and and I think he's probably going to end up taking one. Is the looks of it, or uh, sorry, he's fresh off an official visit to TCU. He's got Vanderbilt coming up. That's always been the plan, so it's not really a surprise. And uh, the, 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 the Tennessee staff will see him this week as well. And so it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. He's a really good player, guys. He's really, really good. He, I think he's probably the top guy they need to land out of anyone on the defensive side of the ball. I think the world of him. He had a monster senior season. Just so, so, so impressive. Basketball player. And then on the other side of things, SMU, will they be able to uh, – and hold on, before I get to offense quickly in the couple remaining targets, 
Jamoy Hodge tweeted out his SMU official visit pictures, kind of gave SMU some love. He told me SMU's right back in it, just like they were before he committed to Nebraska. He's one to watch. Can they land him? Can they hold off the press from a TCU who, again, offered? If you want to look, look, guys, if you're offering kids this late like TCU is, they're, they're in they're in kind of panic mode over, over some of their guys and how they're going to finish and all of that. So it's going to be interesting to see if SMU can kind of hold off somebody like a TCU for Kari Coleman and get him done or Jamoy Hodge and, and keep the keep the amount of momentum that they have in, in play right now because it, it's um, it's crunch time. It, it, it really is. It's crunch time, and, and certainly – Hodge is somebody that that they need to land from a from a linebacker perspective as well. And then on the other side of things, you, you look at Savion Williams, the wide receiver out of Marshall. He's a four-star prospect on 24-7 sports. Can SMU get him done? That'll be one to watch. Will he show up for his official visit this weekend? We're keeping an eye on that. And then just kind of how do they finish out that wide receiver room? They need an impact guy. Sonny Dykes alluded to that on his radio show, that they, they feel like they've got some impact guys on the way at receiver. And uh, that'll be probably the most interesting position because all the guys that they're after keep things really close to the vest. So I'm watching that one really closely in particular. And then when you look at the the grad transfer market, SMU is heavily going to be in the mix. SMU is going to be in the mix with a lot of guys. And they, they hosted some official visitors on campus this weekend. We posted about them on Pony Stampede if you're looking, looking for more information about them and, and kind of following that. But a, a really high-quality group of – of grad transfers were just on campus uh, this weekend. And, you know, it's going to be something that's a part of SMU's, uh, you know, program going forward. Sonny said they really want to kind of not phase it out, but they want to be very selective, take, you know, maybe two, three, four a year rather than the the double digits they did last year. And, but it's, it's critical to fill in holes with high quality guys like they're after. And so that'll be interesting to watch. Will SMU be able to get those guys that they feel pretty good about on board? We'll kind of be monitoring that not only this month, but heading into the spring as well as more become available and more reach out to SMU. They've got some key holes to fill running back, maybe an offensive line hole or defensive tackle spot, but uh, punter kicker, all of those things. We'll keep an eye on all of that for you guys on Pony Stampede. But that'll do it for this edition of the Pony Stampede podcast. Later in the week, we'll take your questions. We'll do some of that. We'll uh, Obviously, there will be plenty of recruiting news to come as well. So keep it locked on Pony Stampede for the latest on that. Again, check out the VIP subscription. You won't regret it. Busy time, key week for SMU football leading into the early signing period. Don't miss out on all of that. Hope everyone has a great rest of the week, and thanks for listening. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.